It's episode 25 of the Toadstool Boardroom for the week of November 23rd, 2022. My name's Logan Plant, joined by the whole boardroom crew, Odell Harmon Jr. Hey, 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 everybody. And Chris Shriver. Good day or evening. And it is, this is the day this episode's going up, is Thanksgiving in the United States. So if you're listening, hope you're enjoying the the long holiday weekend. This might not be a super thankful episode based on what I know is coming down the pipe from Chris Shriver, because we're talking about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, which have been out for almost a week now. I think we have a pretty interesting group here to talk about this game. we got a Pokemon super fan. We got Chris, who loves tech and performance above all else. And me, who is very jaded on Pokemon and doesn't care about tech. So it's, 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 it's a, we're going to have a good conversation about Pokemon. We're also going to hear about Odell's adventures in real life Paldea. He just returned back to the United States. We'll talk about Mario Kart 8. And the most underrated Nintendo game of all time is in the headlines again this week. So that's all coming up. But <laughs> let's get into it. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet are here. And just before the show recorded, we learned that it's already sold over 10 million copies in its first three days. So if I believe Arceus is hovering just under 10 million. So in three days, Scarlet and Violet outsold Pokemon Legends Arceus, which did come out in January. So that is worth noting. But not only is it over 10 million already, it is the fastest selling game on an, on a Nintendo platform of all time. 10 million in its first three days. Nothing's ever beat it. And I believe it was Mr. Harmon who said, this game's going to have a hard time passing Sword and Shield. And it was me who said this thing's going to sell like crazy. So keep that in mind when you're looking forward to the next <laughs> Animal Crossing. But we're going to talk about the open world design, changes to the Pokemon formula, what we think about the game overall. But let's just get it started here talking about which version did you pick? How many hours have you played? And your 15-word thoughts on the game before we get deeper into this. Odell, we'll start with you. <laughs> Are we going to start with me? Did you say yeah, we're starting with you. Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so I picked version Escarlata. Nice. Uh, for, for, forgive my Spanish pronunciation of Scarlet. But yeah, That's cool. That's a cool box. That's yeah, right? Cool. Does, is it actually, is that what it says, Scarlata? Yeah, Escarlata. Yeah, you, that's you really cool. Yeah, that's, that's cool. <laughs> and um, so, unfortunately... I'm only maybe like two, three hours in. I basically just made it to Mezagoza, I believe is what the main city's called. Okay. And I've been running around there because, I mean, I did get the game on Friday in uh, Spain, but I was still very much in Spain and still very much exploring the region. And I had a middle seat on the plane ride home, so my playtime is not as big as I would like it, but... <laughs> Uh, 15 words real quick. Game changer for this series seems to have a lot of potential fun exploring so far. Okay. Chris. Runs like garbage. Had so much potential. I'm not mad. Just disappointed in the Pokemon company. Oh. I think that I think that you are mad. I'm very, I'm very <laughs> think- mad. Uh, full uh, version in hours uh i'm probably about five hours in i'm playing violet jess is playing scarlet um we always and then i always get stuck with the switch light whenever i don't know how that happened but like i got married 
And you know, <laughs> well, now she gets the dock switch, and I have to play it handheld, which in this case is probably better because. It is absolutely better. Yeah. Of the situation. I get the play in handheld, but but look how pretty my Ooh, Oh, there it is. is. There yeah. it is. Scarlet Violet Switch OLED. Ooh. Very nice. And how many hours in? Chris? Probably like four or five. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, I am like 13 hours in. Played a ton over the weekend. Getting ready for the show. I'm playing Scarlet. And my 15 words is... Why didn't this game come out in fall 2023 and Arceus come out now. Yeah. That's really how I feel about this game. So let's start there. Let's start with the the thing that everybody's talking about online, and that is the graphical and technical and performance issues within Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, because it is, it is bad. It is very, very bad. How much that matters differs from person to person, as I think we're about to learn right now on this show. <laughs> but the reviews said it right away. Every review, when they dropped, was like, wow, there's a great game under here, but it just doesn't run. It just does not run well. People are sharing the funniest glitches and, and issues that have happened to them. Some of them are just absolutely unbelievable, like trainers growing to the size of like hot air balloons, just seemingly out of nowhere. Um, people falling through the world. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of slowdown on some clips that I've seen. Uh, so yeah, it runs really poorly. I think this is, man, with you, I know, right. This isn't a fully Nintendo published game. Their name is on the, on the spine though, right on the bottom where it shows you the publisher, Pokemon games, say the Pokemon company and Nintendo, this might be the worst performing game I've ever seen Nintendo have their name on. I truly believe that. I can't think of one that performs worse than this in their entire company history. Then Scarlet and Violet, and now it's their fastest-selling game in company history. So that's just wild to me. Chris, I know you have strong feelings about this. What do you want to say about these these issues in this game? Um, it makes me sad. Like it just it it makes me sad because of a, a statement that Odell made a couple months ago, uh, leading up to this game and, and being and the excitement of this game. And it was that this game could have been a ten out of ten like groundbreaking experience for Pokemon fans, for Nintendo fans, um, you know, them with the changes that they have made in the formula, I feel like are good enough or there's enough meat on that bone that if it was polished properly, it looked right. It, it performed well. We didn't have this frame rate frame buffering issue that we're having. Um, it, it would be, I would be, so in love with this game and i think part part of it maybe because i'm like literally playing god of war while i'm playing this game which <laughs> is like a polished beautiful masterpiece and this is the opposite of that um but i mean as you said like this game probably didn't need to come out right now i understand they wanted to make the holiday release window but um this is the the biggest example of what i feel is a money gripe, money grab, whatever you want to call it, um, that the Pokemon company has done. Uh, like, it It feels like they've soiled uh, the... I don't even know what... Like, the prestige that a generational Pokemon game has throughout history. 
Like we've never really had to have this conversation before outside I of, say we had it, we had it three years ago. Out, Sword and shield people it, did not no, really like no, the launch either. No, no, it's not even close. Like, this game, Do you remember the internet no. three years ago? This Do game, you remember how toxic that Logan, discussion was with Logan. Dexgate? They were tripping over a tree, not actual performance yeah. issues. Logan, look at my Twitter, because that's all I did Saturday. I got to a point, I played this game for a couple hours. I got so upset, I went on Twitter and just started retweeting all the performance issues and really haven't tweeted since so that people could see if they haven't somehow yet. They could see what I'm talking about. Okay, yeah, you're right. The performance conversation is worse than it was three years ago, but people hated Sword and Shield for many different reasons at launch. Sure. Also, so, like, I wouldn't say that the new launch of a Pokemon generation is, like, this prestigious moment in gaming. No. Like, it hasn't but, been like that for a long time. But, what, but that's what I mean. Like, this could have been that moment for the first time in a while, and yeah. they just rushed the game out. Like, the game clearly was not ready to be... Uh, I, I want to say deployed, but um, to be released out into the wild. Um, and clearly the Pokemon company doesn't care. Like it, it just sucks that it like Pokemon had to me, I've already been a jaded fan and I'm sorry, like Odell, if I'm like upsetting you with anything I'm saying, cause I know you're a bigger Pokemon fan than me and Logan are at this point. But like, as somebody that obviously grew up with the franchise, it taught me how to read. Like I, it's just upsetting. Like I used to hold this franchise in such a high regard. It's the largest franchise on the planet. And yet for some reason, it's not like game freak is a new developer to this, these games. Like you would think if they needed more support for this, they'd be able to reach out to the Pokemon company. They're only a, a, a team of 170 people, uh, according to uh, digital foundry. Like they should have as many resources as they need and as much time as they need to put out the proper product. And at this point, it just feels like it's, it's sullying what Pokemon is for a lot of people. We've had, we've had so many like, um, Pokemon mystery dungeon and like all these like knockoff games in the Pokemon franchise over the years. And it's kind of always just like been accepted. It's like, well, they're for little kids. Like it's fine. But I always felt like these, uh, entries within the franchise were held to a higher standard and we're not getting that here. Um, and I don't see like, we haven't gotten any communication from the from Nintendo, from the Pokemon Company, from Game Freak Online that we've seen so far. Um, as far as if they're going to patch this, I don't think they are. I think this is just what the game is at this point, and that just sucks. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't I'm going to disagree with your statement on the spinoffs. I say the quality of Pokemon spinoff on Switch is. Better than the mainline games. On Switch, no. Snap's great. But I'm thinking it's like a great game. I'm thinking like the DS era, um, yeah. The Wii, like Pokey Park. I've always liked the Mystery Dungeon games. You know, yeah, I've always liked those. But yeah, there's there's some not good. Stuff there's some out there. stinkers. All right, Odell, you're only a couple hours into the game. I'm sure you've seen a lot on the technical issues online. Where do you stand on this? So I'm I'm a little column A, little column B. I'm with Chris that um. So let me preface and say we don't know the story, right? You know, we haven't heard from Game Freak, the Pokemon Company, or Nintendo anything about the issues of the game. Just radio silence. So I'm not saying that the story, the reason, will make it better, but I just think it's odd that we haven't. They clearly have to seen the stuff. Like, there's no way they've missed it. So it makes me wonder: either a, are they currently just working on it? Like, you know, they're working on it. They don't want to say nothing until you know the solution. They have a solution. Because 
I'm gonna say this as a Cyberpunk 2077 fan, huge fan. I, I believe in the, a game company power to be like, whoopsies, maybe shouldn't have released this, but we have the power to make it what it should be. And that's what I'm still hoping for. Let's just say if Chris is right, this is what the game is. That's the end all be all. I will be extremely disappointed. I will be hurt. And I will personally feel betrayed. I haven't got to those technical issues yet because I unfortunately haven't time the play. I'm pretty sure next show that will be 100% different. I'll be like 100 hours in. But, <laughs> you know, I agree. Like, okay. Um, Legends Arceus, there's a lot of graphical like badness in that game. But one is a spinoff, so I'm just kind of like, eh, you know. It's mainline. They include it in the mainline graphic every time. Man, man. See, I know, okay, let me put it, it is not a core title, so I, 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 don't, I don't care what it does. It can, but even Arceus, with all its problems, I feel like ran a hell of a lot better than, um, Scarlet and Violet. Yes, it's not a full open world game. I understand that. But what I'm seeing, again, I haven't experienced any of these myself, but what I'm seeing from the clips and stuff, these seems like a level of unexcel. Like, I, I am very lenient in terms of games not performing well. Like, I understand if it's an open world game, you're going to come with stuff. It's their first venture. I'm not expecting it to be the best experience ever. But, Logan, if Breath of the Wild ran like this, there, I feel like there'll be no way we'll be able to be like, oh, well, it's okay. No, because the standard for Pokemon has been lowered over years and years and years of not super visually impressive releases. Sword and Shield is an ugly game, right? It is not a pretty looking game. I, I won't accept it as when you, when you stand it up to the other games on Switch, it doesn't look good. This looks in most places worse than that game did. Yeah, it's an open world. They're going for something different. But I just think that you could say Pokemon didn't make the transition to HD well. Pokemon didn't make the transition to 3D well. People don't like how X and Y really look either. Do you remember the frame drops on those battles? Like, this is a, this series has struggled since it left the DS to technically perform well. And the ambition and expectation on the product has grown over time. And it's reaching a breaking point where something has to give. Either they scale back and make more games like... Gosh, I know they outsourced Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, and even that game had numerous technical issues and glitches. But either you scale back, you take it back to 2D, maybe you try like an HD 2D art style, and you still crank these things out every year, or you say, we're going to stick with the open world, for open world formula and only release a game every three to five years. One of those has to give. It can't be this thing where, because even the only two franchises like, in the world right now, apart from sports games that have annual releases are like Call of Duty, which is ending. They're not even going to do that anymore. And Pokemon and Call of Duty is handled by what? Four different teams. And they have a ton of supplementary teams helping it. Game Freak just released Legends Arceus, which we had a similar conversation about as, as an industry at the time. Wow. There's some phenomenal ideas in here, but it's a little undercooked. I played some Arceus this week, and when you put the two games side by side, Legends Arceus looks like freaking God of War Ragnarok yes. with how much better it yes. runs. If, if It looks gorgeous. If you need any context for this, like halfway through Digital Foundry's latest, uh, their breakdown of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, they do direct comparisons between the two, and it is night and day. Like, And, and Odell, Odell was on uh, the platformers when that game came out uh, to, to talk about it with us, and... Um, I remember both of us still, like, despite the, I mean, I, I guess I'll call it jank that's in that game, or, like, the, the unpolished moments of that game, 
Um, we both were just like ear to ear talking about how great it was. I'm not saying that about my time in Scarlet and Violet. I'm just getting upset when I play it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I, that you have it. I was going to say, so again, I'm early on in the game and I haven't seen all this stuff, but there was like the moments where like, um, I was playing on my TV and then when I was playing on hell, hell, when I first got it and I was like, well, on handheld, it looked gorgeous. And like, I was in the beginning area, just going to my, the rival's house. I forgot her name already. Sure. I don't remember. And I was like, and I was just standing there and I was like, man, like I, at this point I started to see the articles and stuff by the time, like I actually got the game in my hand and I was like, so I was already kind of jaded cause I knew what was people experiencing, but I was like, if the game looked as good as it's running right now, like, you know, I'm still in the open area. It looks shiny and new. The water's glistening in the distance. I was like, this could be a real pretty game. Unfortunately, based off what I'm reading, it's not going to be pretty. And, and it just makes me disappointed because, I mean, Logan, I know what you said. So you know, because in my mind, I always expected like there was a team working on the Pokemon, you know, the, 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 the color, the core game. And then there was like, you know, the other team that they, they kind of just, you know, in my mind, I was, I was trying to believe that Ar- Arceus did not look and had the jank because all the real resources was going to this. Knowing that wasn't the case, it just makes me think that, like, it's the biggest IP on the planet. There, there's just no, re- there's no excuse. Yep. Like, there, there, there's just, that's just the end all be all when I think about it. Like, for something that makes that much money, that big of a deal. You think there would just be some oversight to be like, this could this could never happen, and if it did happen, it will be rectified immediately. And the yeah. thought that it won't be rectified honestly scares me. Like, and to to go back to the cyberpunk comparison, just to throw facts and figures out, and just my opinion of the situation, right? Like, cyberpunk four days after its release, CD Projekt Red came out and said. Uh, look, we know we made a mistake for previous gen uh, gamers. Um, we apologize if you want a full refund on this game. By all means, we're going to have a program to do that. Um, and we're going to improve the game. You know, here's our timeline, et cetera, et cetera. And they did follow through with all of that. Um, if you were one key difference there, the PC players that were playing Cyberpunk day one, if you had a powerful enough rig, a lot of them really didn't experience that many issues. Like or it even wasn't stadia players. The very or even stadia players. <laughs> number of people. I was one of them. Streaming, yeah. That's that's where I played it because I couldn't get a thirty eighty yet. Um, the Pokemon situation. We haven't heard anything yet, and this impacts everybody that plays this game. Everybody that is playing this game is running it on the same, the same spec of hardware. It's not like it's better on the OLED or better on the Switch Lite or any of that. Like, everybody is feeling this right now. This situation is not the same as Cyberpunk, and I can tell you why. Cyberpunk, they had to scramble to do all of this, you know, damage control days after the fact because they were much more dishonest with what that final product was leading up to launch day. All of the impressions and the reviews were from the PC version. The game out there was getting nines and tens. Wow, one of the greatest RPGs. Fantastic. Runs great. Has some bugs. And then on launch day, the Xbox One and PlayStation 4 version, which had been completely absent from any pre-release coverage, showed up. 
And that is when people are like, wow, you literally lied to us because this is not the game that was reviewed, not the game that was ever shown up, not the game you said it was. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, you can look at the trailers. You can look at the impressions that came out a couple months ago that said this thing had problems. You can look at the reviews that dropped over a full day before this game came out. They were like, yeah, this thing runs like garbage. There was plenty of time for the consumer to cancel their pre-order or decide not to pick it up. Unlike the Cyberpunk situation where it was, this game is great, look at all this stuff, go buy it, people download it, it is a completely different game on those other platforms. That's this, fair. The consumer knew what they were getting. So that to me is like, oh, it's been four days and they haven't said anything. Yeah, they weren't lying about what this was. If you did your homework before you picked this thing up, you knew what you were getting into. And so I, to me, it's not like cyberpunk because there was a lot more dishonesty there. And this is just an unfinished product that they shouldn't have released. So that, I'm not, I'm not loving. No, the that's, fair. that's fair. That's fair. That's um, fair. Then the only other thing I will say is I had more faith in CD project red to fix cyberpunk 2077 when they came out and said what they said. I have zero faith that Game Freak and the Pokemon Company will do the same with this game. Yeah. Yeah, I don't either. And yeah, I, I don't know what to think because I went and played Arceus. And so I'm playing I'm playing Scarlet and Violet with, with my girlfriend. It's her first Pokemon game ever. I'm a jaded fan. Kind of a fun experience because she loves <laughs> the game. She really, really is enjoying it. She's like, every Pokemon is new to her. It doesn't matter if Gen 1, Gen 2, it doesn't matter. So that's fun. And then I'm playing it and I'm like, yeah, I'm having a good time in spite of these ridiculous technical issues. And then, so we're only playing it together. So then when I have more time to do something on my own, I'm booting up Arceus because I still haven't actually finished that game. Mm -hmm. I love it, but I haven't finished it. So I'm going back and I'm like, wow, this game came out two days ago and I am more drawn to play this one because <laughs> it is, it just runs way better. It looks way better. I think that a lot of the things that it tries, it pulls off a lot better than the thing Scarlet and Violet are trying, which we should get into. And so it's like, I absolutely don't agree that without these technical problems, this is a 10 out of 10 and uh, the best Pokemon game ever. I don't think so at all. I think that honestly, I know we've talked about this before. We have a whole episode titled Pokemon means things, different things to different people. But to me, Arceus proved that gotta catch them all is better than I want to be the very best. That is a more fun game to play through when you're collecting Pokemon, exploring these areas, catching them without battling them. Then this, where it's like, it's an open world, but there's no level scaling. So sometimes you're ridiculously over leveled and it is tedious. It feels tedious to catch wild Pokemon now, like to go for a complete dex. It's like, okay, you got to trigger the battle, start the battle, get them down. Oh, shoot. I accidentally knocked it out. Time to find another one. Like it just, it just feels more tedious than it did on Arceus. And there are changes that I like. I think that Pokemon roaming the overworld is a huge change that is great for these mainline games. We saw it in the wild area in Sword and Shield. Arceus took it to a new level that is maintained here. That is great. Not having to walk through the tall grass and, and spam repels if you don't want to go into encounters is a phenomenal change. They did the same thing with trainer battles, which is a great change too, that you get to choose if you want to fight a trainer out on these routes. I have fought like two because I don't want to be ridiculously over over leveled for these challenges. So for me, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to fight these guys. I'm, the only way I am training is catching wild Pokemon and doing the required battles. And I'm still over leveled. So it's, 
it's a little wonky. I think we're, yeah, we're officially moving on from the tech issues now. So if, any, if anyone has something else to chime in, now is the time. Because we're moving away and talking about the game itself. Any, any last words on the tech? If you want to hear me go on a real rant, listen to this week's <laughs> platformers like 19 minutes in. And you'll hear all the expletives. And I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever been that mad on camera on the internet in my life. <laughs> like, like legitimately. Yeah. I was so upset on Monday night. I believe it. Yep. Um, I I have faith in the Pokemon company. I have faith. I have faith in Pokemon. Therefore, I choose to have faith in the Pokemon company. <laughs> I, I have faith in the in the in the, in the fictional <laughs> entity known as Pokemon, <laughs> which gives me faith <laughs> in the real life people <laughs> behind the fictional entity of Pokemon. But I feel like there's no way we live in a world where this doesn't get a major patch. Like, like I I, I think really. I, I I can't see it. Like, I I can't see it. Like, I feel like somebody, somebody, whether Nintendo, the Pokemon Company, Game Freak themselves, somebody out of the, these three huge companies that makes this thing happen has to be like, no. Like, I someone had to be pushing the button, picking up the phone, something. Yeah, I like, can't some, believe some, Nintendo hasn't like kicked down the door. At, at either either the Pokemon company or Game Freak had just been like, what happened? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What happened? Oh, you released two uh, your two most ambitious games in franchise history 10 months apart. Yeah. That's what happened. It, it's it's insane to me. Like, we know that the, the, the pandemic pushed a lot of things back. I think it's pretty widely accepted that Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl was supposed to come out earlier than November, and then Arceus was supposed to be the November game. And then Scarlet and Violet would be a year later. But when you had to make that shift, nobody was asking for two Pokemon games in the span of two months like we got. Nobody was asking. I remember like most people were were at least most people I talked to, it was the conversation of why are we doing this? Like Yeah, it was too much. I yeah. think people would have been Arceus would have been a better game. We'd be sitting here right now. Arceus would be a week out. It'd be a ten months more polished than it was, and we'd be sitting here saying it is a legitimate game of the year contender. Yeah. That's what would have happened because that game is phenomenal. Instead, we're sitting here like, wow, this game isn't this game is not good. Like, should Nintendo be offering refunds on it? So yeah, it's a disaster. I think it'll get a patch. Let's talk about the game itself, though. I want to talk about this open world. You guys haven't really experienced the open world, so this is kind of this is kind of <laughs> something I'll be talking about more. I have a little bit. Um I do I enjoy the I enjoy the Pokemon in the open world. To an extent, I think RC RC actually does it better. Um, oh yeah, way better. I accidentally run into very tiny Pokemon very often on the Switch Lite. I don't know if it's my old man eyes or the camera that I feel like I'm fighting all the time in this game, but it happens more often than I would like it to. The camera is bad, and there's no options to change it at all except invert. That's the yep. only like you can't accelerate the speed. Like it is super slow to pan all the way around. And yeah, there's there's instances of tall grass where there are these tiny little bug Pokemon. You just slam into them on your motorcycle. <laughs> it's like, all right, I guess I'm doing this now. Uh, but I like it more because it gives me as a player more incentive to actually care about completing the Pokedex, which I never cared about before until Arceus. But seeing the Pokemon in the overworld, being able to highlight it, and it tells you if you have it or not, and then engaging if you don't, it is just a much more satisfying loop than running around in the tall grass waiting to get what you're going to see. And then, yeah, like 
there's been some changes to this. Like Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire had the little app on the bottom screen where you could see the silhouette of what was in the tall grass. But this is the first time where it's really been your control of what you fight when you fight it. So that I really like. But the open world itself, I've been wondering all week, does it even really make a meaningful difference? And right now my answer is no. I don't think it does because the way it's laid out, right? Breath of the Wild, you start on the Great Plateau in the very middle of the world. It's like, okay, pick a direction, go. Scarlet and Violet, light spoilers, after you complete the intro at the school in, in, in Mezagosa, it's like, okay, you can take the right bridge or the left bridge, and then it's just a circle. And it's literally like any other Pokemon region. Because, yeah, you can skip over gyms or skip over challenges, or if you wanted, you could just ride through everything to the top of the world, but you don't have a chance in heck up there doing anything once you're there because everything is leveled up naturally along this circle. So it's like, okay, I'm like at the, I've completed, there's 18 main challenges in the game between the gyms, the Starfall Street, and the Titan Pokemon. One for each type, which I think is very, very cool. I like that idea. I have done six of them. So I'm a third through the game. So I'm a third around the circle and my Pokemon are exactly the level of the wild Pokemon in, in my area. So it's like, yeah, I can just skip by this. And I guess that gives me more agency. But what's the point when there's these activities I need to do on this linear path and the the leveling doesn't scale? So it's like right now, I've been wondering this all year. Is Pokemon a franchise that makes sense as an open world? My answer has been no, prove me wrong. And now having played a third of the game, my answer is still no. Like it just doesn't make sense. It's completely unnecessary and... I feel like it's contributed to this game's problems. I feel like you can do it. I feel like they just choose not to, right? Like you could you could have it whether it auto auto scales depending on the region that you're in. Like let's say let's say it's like broken out by here's like the ice section, here's the desert section, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. If you're like, all right, I'm gonna do this one first, and your Pokemon are at level ten, and let's say everything in the first region you go in is like fifteen. Like you could do that, and then you just yeah. pick what region you want to go to at that point. Um, they haven't really done that yet, where it's like, okay, the base Pokemon are here, and then maybe you have to like it's almost like a Metroidvania, you have to go back. Like, if you want to get like a third evolution of something, you have to go back to the ice area. Okay, now because now you're at level 40 and you're past that leveling mm-hmm. system. Like they haven't really experimented with that yet. I yeah. feel like it could work. It's just it's a lot of work to make that work. And because mm-hmm. they've pumped these out as quickly as they have, like, I don't even think that that conversation can come up. Yeah. I'm sorry to keep comparing this to Arceus, but it just feels the most like natural to, because we've seen two very different directions for a more ambitious type of Pokemon game this year alone. And I think that the monster hunter style of five huge areas that are each leveled kind of appropriately and those are yours to explore and they're huge works better than here's this enormous world. You can go wherever, but the balance of the game isn't as such that it really makes sense to go many places until you're at a higher level point. Because I felt that I feel this way about games with leveling up in general. Like the main thing that turned me off of actually playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey is that people just always talk about the level scaling. And as a player, I'm like, well, one of the most satisfying parts of an RPG is leveling up. But it's like, 
it's like the Incredibles. If everyone's super, then no one is. If I'm leveling up and everything else is around me, what's the point of me leveling up? Sure. Like you shouldn't even have the RPG mechanics here. So I prefer a take like Dragon Quest XI, where there isn't level scaling. There's these. It's a linear game, but there's these really wide areas to explore, and it's gorgeous. That and I feel like Xenoblade is the same thing. That is what could work for Pokemon. So that, that's kind of what I think that the direction yep. should be, rather than just go anywhere do anything but oh you're limited because you only have level 10 pokemon right now <laughs> you know i feel there's an easy solution to this and uh it it you have the open world but you're still kind of gated in a way like we need it, it, it to to have an evolution we need to go back to old ways for example like okay here's the the, the starting area right by your house pokemon generally level 10 right but you know you you gain abilities like, you know, now Pokemon's all about, forget HMs, you know, you just now have these things, but I still feel like some of them need to be gated. For example, here's the starting area, but you can't climb cliffs yet. But the second you get the ability to climb the cliffs, it doesn't matter if you climb it, if you climb a cliff in the starting area, because you're, that's generally unaccessible until a third through the game. Now, anytime you, tra- you traverse cliffs, Pokemon are just naturally stronger up there in that area. You know, that's to me, that feels the natural thing because, okay, there's an area of the game that you go only get by climbing a cliff. Until you can climb cliffs, you can't get to this area. But once you do, the Pokemon are approximately level 30, 40, what have you. And any time you use this ability, even in areas you've already been, once you ascend here, you know, Pokemon naturally be higher because that's kind of gear-gated. You know, I feel like Pokemon should be gear-gated in a way to where, like, here... You have these areas where we think well, about the time you reach this area, Pokemon will naturally be here. But then we have things like you can climb waterfalls, you can climb cliffs, you can surf, you can do all these things. And then that way you naturally have areas become, you know, more accessible. But now since you have these gear gated things, Pokemon are a higher level than those things. And that's why I thought the direction they were going to take, because that makes the most sense to me. Like I've seen them before and I feel like it would just be a real easy way to work, you know. I always thought like this notion of, oh, here's a Pokemon that can run, fly, swim, and do all the things you need to do. I was like, that's, that's weird because, you know, you need the ability to. That's, I mean, that's just smart game design. I mean, and that what they if used it's not to broke, do? don't fix it. Like, yeah, that's what they used to Yeah, like, you, like you'd play Pokemon Silver, and then uh, until you, like, once you got Surf and you were able to go in all these caves, it was like, oh, wow, there's like very high level Pokemon in here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you choose know, one of the first towns. Like he's just hanging out, but you can yeah. get there the later. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, that just seems like the easy thing to me. And just for the record, I feel like I know people are gonna do it, but I feel like comparing Arceus to this game is disgenuine. It'll be like comparing this to Pokemon Snap. That's how much fundamentally different Arceus is as a game. I feel like I can't even compare it to like Pokemon uh, Scarlet and Violet because it'll be like comparing Pokemon Snap. They're fundamentally different games. Like from A to Z, like art, like and RC is like battling is, is like an afterthought. And take, and like take battling out of it, because I know, like I feel like every time we talk about it, that's usually yeah. the first thing you go to. Okay, but but yeah, but even even if you did, and and what other Pokemon game would you be catching forty of the same Pokemon? You would never do that. You would never have a reason to. Sure. Yeah, I mean that is the you know what Logan said earlier. It like that the focus of that game is the gotta catch them all aspect of it. It is not. Uh, fighting. Yeah, but you know, it, it, but it even takes that to an extreme because you know, if it like, there's no other Pokemon game where I'm gonna be like, I'm about to catch 50 Caterpie. You don't need to catch 50 in that game. If you catch 50, you're doing it wrong. 
Like, I mean, it's not on a game. I mean, first of all, first of all, Caterpie's not even in that game. <laughs> But <laughs> shows how much you know. But my my point is fundament how that game is played is fundamentally different from any other Pokemon game. Like you know, you're meant to do those things. The for objectives reasons. are completely different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's yeah. And I think it's better. I do. I know that it doesn't have like the competitive, the online, the battling. I know it doesn't have that. But like I said, that's that's where it is for me at this point. That's what I get out of Pokemon because. I'm not someone who's going to get into the competitive scene and build this min-max team to play online or at tournaments. I'm not, and Pokemon currently is not offering a good JRPG single-player experience if you, like, for for older players. So if I want, like, a hardcore JRPG, I'm going to play Dragon Quest. But it can't offer me the same kind of collect-a-thon that Arceus did. So that's kind of just where I'm personally at with Pokemon, is that I look at Scarlet and Violet and I'm like, there are way better turn-based JRPGs on this platform. I look at Arceus and I'm like, there's not really anything like this on this platform. What if, and like, I don't think it would ever work, but what if they took what they did in Arceus and then uh, with the battling system, almost have it like a Paper Mario thing where instead of it just being like a, like it's a turn-based thing, but like then you add that, like you have to hit A at the right moment. You have to, you know, fling the joystick or something like that. Like, and you would only do it with, like, certain moves, like, certain types of moves. I, I would really love that. that I feel like it, it would at least change. Like, I feel like what I enjoy about that game is because it is such an active experience most of the time that you're playing it. Um, yeah. Like, it, it is like a third-person shooter. I, don't, I feel like I say that every time I talk about this game, but um, <laughs> it, you know, just keep that flavor going throughout the whole experience. It would yeah. be wildly different than everything else we've had, though. So back to Scarlet and Violet real quick. Yeah, I, I, all this being said, I know I'm being very negative on the game. I'm really liking this game. I think it's a lot of fun. There have been some kind of cool moments with its less linear structure. For example, so right, I'm playing side by side with my who's playing Violet. I go to a town. She turns left. She's fighting the first Titan Pokemon while I'm doing the first gym battle. And it's like that was a cool feeling where it's like, wow, we are in the same area but doing something different. That's never really been something you could say in a main gen Pokemon game. So that is something very cool. That illusion was just shattered a little bit when I'm like, oh, there's only ever like two options at a time. Like there's usually like two objectives pretty close to each other. And it's like, all right, which which do you want to do first? And then battling is supposed to be the focus of these games, right? When you're talking about reinvention of the series, I think battling needs some significant tweaks. Like it is slow like trainer battles are so slow. Like when you use a buff move and you have to watch the do-do-do-do-do-do and then read what happened. And it's like, man, these turns take way too long than they should. Like they should have streamlined this a long time ago. Like if there's multiple buffs, you have a text box for each one. We're playing on either large handheld screens or television screens now. Put up a box like next to the Pokemon that says like all three things that happened at once. Instead, it's just like, oh, Attack was raised. Defense was raised. And it lags in battles. So sometimes you're sitting there for like five seconds in between text boxes and you're like, oh my gosh, when is it going to be my turn again? So yeah, there's like little things like that that I think need to be need to be like updated, modernized a little bit if they're going for this kind of modern open world game. And it's like, 
you're still holding on to the stuff that was a necessity on the Game Boy 25 years ago. Like, you can change that a little bit. I think everyone would be happy with it. All right, silence. I stunned I do, I don't disagree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, I, I just feel like, despite being the Pokemon expert, because of my vacation, like, there's just so much. I never like to actually – I have opinions on what you said – but I am a professional. I can't. I refuse to talk about things to any length that I've yet to experience or go through. So yeah, all I can do is right week, now is take notes of your opinion. <laughs> next week we'll hear more from Odell. What do you think of the auto battling? The let's go mechanic. Yeah. Uh, I don't use it that much, really, because I'm not really fighting many Pokemon. Like it doesn't give you that much experience. It gives you the materials, but materials are pretty abundant anyways so i don't know i don't use it that much i honestly forget it's there you're the fir- um, you're the first person i've talked to that has said that most yeah. most I like people it when i think to use it but then yeah i just never really think to use it Interesting. honestly because i'm usually on the back karaidon so i'm not always like oh, i'm sure these areas yeah um, so yeah i just don't think about it. uh the other thing i do want to mention is um i do appreciate the variety of pokemon that they throw at you in any given area yes um there was one late spoilers for two gen one pokemon that are in the very very beginning of the game um i was sitting on the couch playing and i was a little bit further than jess and i looked up and she had like turned a corner that i didn't turn and found a bunch of ghastly and a bunch of uh hypno and i was like or drowsy a bunch of drowsy um had no idea they were there. Had no idea they were in the game. And I couldn't believe you can get them that early. I thought that was really cool. Yep, that is a cool part of it. I'll end on some positives here before we move on from, from Pokemon because I, I do like a good amount about it. I like having the legendary the whole time. They're more like a character in this one. I think that that's fun. They're a lot like Toothless from How to Train Your Dragon yes. is like the closest <laughs> comparison. I yep. really enjoy uh, kind of their personality and, and how they're worked into the story. So I like that. Uh, I like terrestrializing. I think it is my favorite of the new battle mechanics that they started introducing in Gen 6 with Megas and then Zemus and then uh, Dynamaxing. I think this is the best version of that. Changing a Pokemon's type, super interesting. There's a lot of cool ways to do it. I've just heard it's kind of a grind fest to get the materials needed to actually change your Pokemon's type. So you're kind of stuck with whatever you're caught. There are some challenging battles in the overworld that are optional. There will be Pokemon with special Terra types out there uh, that it's like, oh, it's a, uh, what was one that I fought? It's a Jigglypuff with a water Terra type and you fight it and it's a tough wild Pokemon battle. Like it is difficult, uh, but if you catch it, you're rewarded with this unique Pokemon with its own Terra type. That's very cool. I think that's, that's great. And then multiplayer, we are playing in, we, we play the entire game in local wireless multiplayer. I've heard online is a different story but playing locally in the same room, it runs really smooth. We've never had a dropped connection. You can do everything playing multiplayer. Whether you start the lobby or join the lobby, you can do story missions. You can do gyms. You Literally, it's just the normal game, but there's another person running around. And like if someone enters a cutscene, their character model will just disappear from the overworld. And then they'll come back when the cutscene's over. And you can just run around and explore together. And that is really cool there's a little notification bar that's like oh logan just caught a, a a drowsy or whatever and then like other players in your lobby see that of all the things that don't work in this game 
I couldn't believe that that one did. Like, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I'm like, wow, that's actually like, it's a fun way to play the game. We'll explore the routes together, go different directions. Yeah, team up for the terror raid battles, which are okay. It's pretty much like the den battles in the wild area from Sword and Shield. It's the They're same. Fine. Um, but yeah, so that actually works very, very well locally, which was a pleasant surprise. What is so? If you, uh, how do I ask this question? If you come upon a wild Pokemon in your game, uh, is the person that you're playing with able to fight that same? Like, is it a dual battle, or is it nope. just like? You- you're literally so that's just the seeing one thing. the other character in that world. Yeah. Okay. You can't really interact with them at all. You can't. Okay. The one thing I hate about it is you can't even walk up to the other trainers, hit A, and say, do you want to trade? You still have to go through the traditional, like, oh, that's online silly. menu to trade. That's mm. the, that's like, they're not really existing in that world with you. It's, it's like a Destiny situation. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I will say this, um. The little that I've seen, you know, it's kind of, I can see the potential. And, yes, I know that every game has the potential to be great if, you know, it didn't suck at the things it sucked at. But, and it's just, you know, I'm, I'm sad we're not there, but I'm, I'm hoping there's a silver lining to all of this, you know. Clearly, because I feel like Sword and Shield was a different situation from this because there was a lot of controversy about that game. That wasn't necessarily about the game. And why I say, like, you know, the, the deck situation, the yeah. tree gate, like th- these were things that people, you know, could be upset about. But, you, you know, th- if this was really like when you it wasn't about like, oh, is this game fundamentally flawed? And then it's just, you know, politics for that less of a better term. But this, I can say, can can be linked to be because I can look at Sword and Shield and be like, that wasn't a bad product. You know, people had their issues in way to Z, but I personally didn't feel like that they, they put out a bad product. It was like, it was fine. You know, the other issues come from other things. Whereas this could be looked at like, this is a flawed product. This is legit, you know, a bad product. And, I, and I'm really hoping that this um, feedback and the people who do it right, this feedback is something that Nintendo, the Pokemon company and Game Freak will all collectively look at and be like, this will never happen again. You know, maybe it has, it has, as you know, I'm hoping this is just really the hard wake up call to where, you know, if we get, um, I don't even know what scarlet and violet color will, would be a third color and <laughs> uh, magenta or yeah, sure. gold. <laughs> no, is gold. I don't know. Cause scarlet and violet's like red and blue, right? It's yeah. supposed to be like going back to the. Big- yeah. So, so that's assuming, how I interpreted it. Yeah. Assuming that we get a. You know, corn yellow, whatever have you. Corn yellow. <laughs> Dandelion. Yeah, or or we just get, you know, significant update that, you know, it's like, hey guys, you know, this is it. Because I can honestly say if we hit Gen 10 and we're still having a conversation about Pokemon being, you know, dinosaur tech or what have you, it it it's going to be dicey. Let me just put it like that. I can't keep doing this. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's I can't just, keep that's just having crazy. this conversation. You say that every time. No. And then you buy it, and then you play it, <laughs> and then you hate it, and then you forget. Yeah, but last gen was the first time that I never finished one. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then it was like that happened, and then the Diamond and Pearl remakes came out, and I didn't finish those. I didn't finish Arceus. I'm not going to finish this. Like... Why didn't you finish Arceus? Uh, Jess took it. Okay, well, that's and, a different and reason. And she finished that's it. That's a different reason. That's a different reason. Yeah. But the other ones, I bought both versions every time. 
I and, like this a lot more than Sword and Shield. Uh, I, I, it has more significant issues, but something I've been kind of weighing in my mind is, and I, I was talking with Chris a little bit about this, is that like some gamers pro- value a more polished experience, even if it's a slightly less original game. That's how I feel looking at God of War Ragnarok. I'm wow, that looks polished as hell. I have no interest in playing it. Where something like Sonic Frontiers, which is super messy and kind of broken, but super new and cool, that's my kind of jam. And I kind of can, you can draw somewhat of a similar comparison. I'm not saying Sword and Shield are like God of War because they're not. But Sword and Shield was like a traditional Pokemon experience that for me had run its course by the time it came out. And then this is trying some new things. They're pretty interesting. It's really broken, but I value those new ideas. So I'm enjoying this game. I, I like it. I like it a lot, actually, despite the complaints I've voiced about it. I'm having a great time with it. I think that the Dex is great. There's like there's a lot of Pokemon, a lot of new ones. Most of them are cool. Some returning ones. So, yeah, but we'll see how I feel because it, yeah. it's still new. I could sour on it over time, but I, I will that's say, Pokemon look, Scarlet and Violet. <laughs> I will say this. I can I, I, I ultimately judge a game by its heart, which is why cyberpunk in which is why i was able to love cyberpunk because i saw the heart i felt it and stuff so and you know i'm 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 praying to god that i see that in scarlet and violet and you know we we, we get that big update and then, you know we're, i'm just able to be like okay yeah you know the future is bright but we we we, we will see i don't have enough data yet Ho- hope chris i'm hoping for me and you both that you know Big Daddy Patch hits hits before Christmas time or something. We'll see. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it another shake over the Thanksgiving break and see if yeah. I can get over it. Uh, if I can, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna waste my time. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. I just hope they continue the Legend sub series. I do That's too. I feel. But we got to hear from Odell, who was over in Spain. When he picked <laughs> up his copy of Pokemon Scarlet, and you were saying that it was a really long wait to to yeah. get this game. So one of the fun things I instantly knows about every other bus stop, I kid you not, had an advertisement for this game. Well, like I had, I had, I don't remember the last time I saw so much physical in the real world advertising for a game. I don't know if that was due to the fact that uh, you know, the region is based off of Spain and the Spanish cities. Or Nintendo just, you know, does does that type of advertising outside the U.S. I don't know. I thought that was really really cool. The second thing was uh, I remember going to reserve the game, and you know, there's a lot of games that I always forget. A lot of games that are released digitally here come out physically elsewhere, and like just being in a another country game store, I was like, wow. Copies of Death's Door. Wow, copies of Klonoa, which I have physically because I ordered it off of Play Asia. And it was just like, wow, copies like copies of games that like I completely forgot were even indie titles had like full box. Like Death's Door had a special edition with like a statue. Oh wow. That's cool. And I was this close to buying it. <laughs> <laughs> but games are also more expensive in foreign countries. So I was like, ooh, 80 euros. Which is like damn near a hundred US. Yeah, that's, that's a big lot. ask. But um, but so I so I reserved the game. Uh, my friend, she was with me. She speaks Spanish, so that made the process extremely easier. But I remember uh, the day of. So I get there and there's like a line out the door. It looked it. I okay. So I was coming back from Madrid 
or Sevilla. It doesn't matter. I was coming back from a different Spanish city back to Barcelona. So by the time I've, I landed like at 11, by the time I got to the store, it was like noon or one. The line was still down the street. We're not talking about midnight release. We're not talking about first, we're talking about midday. The line was still down the street. Took about 30 minutes to get in. And I don't know if these kids were skipping school or what, but there were a lot of children, <laughs> children being ages 16 and below in this line. And one of the things I enjoyed was watching kids get their copy and seeing like the happy kid dance, like the, you know, the bouncing up and side <laughs> to side. It was just like, I can't remember the last time I saw this. And it was just a great experience being like, like, I was like, oh, man, kid, I, I'm with you. You know, kids with their colorful Monopoly Euro looking money, <laughs> getting their games. And um, so I remember we we're standing in line and my friend scared me because uh, they were like, she said that the, the, the clerk was telling one of the customers, oh, we're out of we're out of purple. Even resident. she she thought she heard he was saying that they were out of purple, period, like the whole store. But they were out of purple if you didn't reserve, you know, a copy. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, Violet. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it's called it's called like the Spanish word for Violet sounds like purple, so I've been saying purple. Okay, but uh, and so yeah, I got my copies uh, reserved. But yeah, I can't I can't think of the last time I saw a line to get a game that wasn't at midnight, and it just it was you, you know video games are popular, you know certain is popular, but when you experience it in a different culture in a different place where you're from, it really. It really drives the fact home of like, wow, this thing is huge. Everybody knows about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, highest profile game of the year. It runs like crap. <laughs> oh man, I know. Ugh. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a good trip. Sounds like you had a good time over there. And now you can sink your teeth into Pokemon this weekend and talk about it more with me next week. But Chris won't be here. He won't have to express his uh, disdain for this game anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, also, it was a fun fact. I wore my Pokemon jacket on a couple of days. I just I have, a, I have a Pokemon jacket, like a like windbreaker one. And it was cool to watch people who didn't speak English go, oh, Pokemon. Yeah. Like there was a guy at the hotel that was like, he was like, oh, Pokemon. like, I used to love the cards and, you know, and his uh, with his heavy accent, but he spoke English. And he was like, he's like, and now he's like, my daughter gets the cards and she asked me, who is this? He's like, I don't know. I don't know any of these. <laughs> he was like, There's a thousand was, of them now. And it's funny because he starts naming Pokemon, right? And he's like, oh, you know, insert name here, insert name here, Pikachu. And I told him, I was like, I don't know who you're talking about. I was like, the names are different in every country except probably like Pikachu. And he was like, really? And he was like, but I started with, he told me he started with Charmander and I, because he said he had the originals, and I was like, I don't know who that is. This is what it's called. I showed him a picture of Charmander, and he was like, Oh yeah. And I was like, yeah, It's called Charmander in America. He was like, he, he, I blew his mind because he had no idea that the names are different in every country. That's awesome. and he was like, What? And I was just like, Yeah. But it's just, and there was even a lady at the airport. I went to the lounge, and she was like, Oh, Pokemon. She was like, She was like, Oh, you still play it, do you? And I'm like, Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> and she was like, good for you. And she was like, an overnight, like, I was like, I feel patronized, but that's okay. But yeah, again, it, <laughs> again, because when I went to Japan, it's like, okay, duh, everybody loves Pokemon. But it was just mm-hmm. cool seeing that experience, like from just, you know, people getting the game and just strangers recognizing like the gear, being like, yeah, I know what that is. Everybody does. That's awesome. 
Very cool. All right, that's an hour of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet talk. There will be more to come next week once Odell has played more of it, so look forward to that. But we got some other news to get through here on the Toadstool Boardroom, so let's get to it. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pass Wave 3 is coming out on December 7th. This is the Moon and the Rock Cup, and it includes the following tracks. London Loop from Tour Boo Lake from Super Circuit on the GBA, Rock Rock Mountain from Mario Kart 7 on the 3DS, Maple Treeway from Mario Kart Wii. Oh, yes. Yes, fan favorite. Berlin Byways from Tour, Peach Gardens from DS, Merry Mountain, which is unlabeled but from Mario Kart Tour. There's been one of these per wave that is from Mario Kart Tour, but they don't put the Tour banner on it. I don't know why. Like Ninja Hideaway, uh, the the sweet, sweet mountain. I don't, I don't remember what that one was called. But the Candy Mountain one, and now this one. They're both just like, oh, nope, it's new. It's not. It's from Tour. <laughs> it's like not a big deal. I don't know why they're doing that. Uh, and then 3DS Rainbow Road, which is another segment race. It's not three laps. It's three distinct segments. This is the most hyped I've been for a set. Uh, two of my most requested tracks were Maple Treeway. I love that track on Wii. And the remake on 7 is great. And then Rainbow Road on 3DS is an awesome Rainbow Road. I'm always an advocate for more of the segment tracks. I think they're a great addition that is somehow underused in Mario Kart. Like, I want like a third of the tracks to be segments instead of laps. I think they're so, so cool. And it just had me thinking. I was wondering, when one of these waves comes out, how much does it pull you guys back to Mario? Like, do you play it once and then put it back down? Or do you pick it up and then play it for a little while? How about you, Chris? Uh, I play for approximately two days. Uh, Usually I will get three stars in every cup. Um, And then uh, that the Friday after it releases uh, pre pandemic, I think I've said it on the show pre pandemic. We used to play Mario Kart every day at lunch. Um, That group of people will hop in slack in our work slack. And then uh, we'll all play that lunch. Like the new levels are out. We should all play together. And then, you know, we do that. for the that's it. Then you're done. Then you then put them down. Done. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, I got yeah. all the cups. I did that. I got it out of my system. The levels are cool. Yeah. Okay. How about you, Odell? Yeah. It brings me back for like, maybe like a solid week, you know, enough. I haven't, I don't do 200 or mirror, but I do 150. And I keep telling myself one day I'll be in the moods, you know, I'll be feeling spicy and I'll do the 200 and mirror, you know, when I feel like losing my religion, when, you know, <laughs> I get, I get first, 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 and then a random third. But uh, yeah, they're definitely fun. I also will say this. I didn't realize how many good tracks were sadly lost to the Wii Mario Kart because I hate that Mario Kart. I genuinely <laughs> think it's a bad game. Like it, it looks, it's, it's, it's trying to be HD when it's clearly SD. And it's just not. It's, it's you don't, so many, you don't like that so much bloom words. lighting? Oh, oh yeah, man. I love it, bro. That's what I live for. <laughs> and like the, the Wii Mario Kart is one of those Mario Karts that like you couldn't go back to after a certain amount of time. It was just like this this is age like milk that you left out. Like I remember one time I tried to play it and I was like, oh yeah, you know, let's play some Mario Kart Wii just just for the hell of it, right? And we still plugged up and it was just like, no. It looks no. like somebody took like a handful of Vaseline and just right like rubbed it all over the, the TV. Yes, that, that, that is, game. That is a great description. And so when I was watching the Maple Tree, I was like, man, there were actually some great courses that are sadly lost to this game. I'm glad they're coming mm-hmm. back. Yeah. There's a couple. They, a lot of them have made it out. Like, Warriors Goldmine is on is on 8. Koopa Cape is on 3DS. Like, a lot of the classics have Mushroom have made Gorge their way is out. in 8 now. Mushroom Gorge is here now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
but I love this set of tracks. Really looking forward to it. Rock Rock Mountain is like a pretty simple track, but I remember it being one of my favorites from Seven, just because it was like the first instance of a lot of hang gliding. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm excited to see that one too. Yeah, should be a good time. That's uh, coming out on December 7th. And they are halfway done with the DLC, and they're supposed to be wrapping up by next December. So I'm sure April, August, December, we'll be seeing this again. Another piece of DLC that finally has a release date is Nintendo Switch Sports Golf. I know we've all been waiting for this. It's coming on November 28th. It's going to feature 21 holes from the Wii Sports series. Also, guys, 21 holes, that, that's a really random number for golf. Like, just make it 18. Like, just shave those three off. Yeah. I'm asking for less content because 21 makes no sense. <laughs> uh, then there's going to be Survival Golf also, which I'm assuming will work like Survival Bowling where the bottom four players are eliminated in each round. Uh, and Nintendo Switch Sports is getting a Nintendo Switch bundle in Japan that comes with the OG Switch, Switch Sports, and one year of Switch Online, and it costs the same as a Switch OLED in Japan. And I'm sitting here wondering why this bundle's not coming west. I know they're just selling the Mario Kart one again for Black Friday, but for me, this bundle makes a lot of sense. I'm willing to bet there's still a segment of Wii Sports folks out there in America that would see that on the shelf and be like, I remember this, and then buy a Switch. What do you guys think? I feel like Mario Kart... I, I mean, the Mario Kart bundle is like it. Like, they know okay. they know it's gangbusters. And yeah. I think... I don't know. I feel like... I'm, I'm amazed this bundle even exists, quite honestly. Because <laughs> I, I don't know that many people that were like huge fans of Switch Sports when it came out. Um, especially if you were an original owner of Wii Sports um, yeah. or a Wii for or that matter. Resort, that game slaps. Destroys Switch Sports. Yeah. Uh, like I went back twice and played uh, Wii Sports in the last couple months. Uh, the one night with my dad. And uh, like that game hits way harder than uh, Switch Sports does for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they wouldn't. Um, I think it's weird that they don't include switch, a year of switch online at this point with the Mario Kart bundle. Um, they give you three months with that one mm -hmm. in the U S yeah. but, uh, just extend it, man. Get yeah. That value I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. I know I'm always that guy, but what, 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 what is, what percentage of sales are we talking about? Someone who loves Wii sports and still doesn't have a switch to this day. Like I feel like that ship has sailed. You you get like what maybe maybe like a, a few thousand, and I'm being generous with that number there. Nah, I think there's a lot of people that still might not even really know about the Switch, or had a, or had a Wii when their kids were younger, and now their kids are out of the house and they see it and they're like, oh, I remember this. Like I still think there's a lot of those people out there. I'm I'm fighting for it to come west because I have a long-standing prediction: the Switch Sports would sell 10 million. And it's still a few million away from that. And I was hoping <laughs> that a bundle would help juice that up a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. But golf, it's really late. I'm glad it's here for the holidays, I guess, with this bundle. But it, it's I don't know why it's this late. It's crazy to me. Another instance of why did this game come out when it did? Uh, when also, it I feel like golf would have to slap. If it doesn't slap, like why, 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 why was the wait time? Like just you might as well yeah. throw it in there with every other crappy game. I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it. Oh, the day I'll it absolutely drops. play it. Look forward to my impressions next week of Nintendo Switch Sports Golf. It's going to be fun. Oh, yeah, let's I can't, let's I can't. play together, Chris. Let's play golf. Yeah. 
Let's do it. Yeah. I can't wait okay. to hear y'all riveting video game golf synopsis next Whoa, show. Well, I love video game golf, okay? <laughs> I know you hate it, but we both love it. <laughs> but just play Sports Story next month, which is probably going to be way better than the golf that's going to be in this. All right, next up, Nintendo dropped a new Fire Emblem Engage trailer. This is the next big Nintendo release. Now that Pokemon is out, it's less than two months away. Coming out on January 20th, uh, they confirmed that there's 12 returning heroes. Kind of the story is about gather the 12 rings. That's pretty much the number that we've seen before. The main character has amnesia, which I put in my list because it is my least favorite trope in fiction ever. I hate amnesia stories. They're always the same, uh, but I still think the game looks good. Uh, and then... It looks like you'll have to recruit members from the four nations on this continent. Jury's still out on if it's going to be multiple paths or not, but it's looking like one, which is really what I want from this game. Uh, The villains also use emblem rings, and the trailer ended with them turning Marth against the heroes, and he gets red hair and becomes evil. So that's a thing that happened. Marth becomes Roy. Uh, But yeah, I just wanted to do a quick temperature check on this game. I know that you guys aren't the biggest Fire Emblem fans on the planet, but what are you thinking of this game? You need to see any more from it? How about you, Odell? No, I'm pretty, pretty sold. Like, it may not be a day one for me, honestly, because if I'm being honest, because my the Spain trip came in a wrong time, and now I'm like, oh, my God, I have not even started Sonic. Oh, my God, I have not even <laughs> started God of War. Oh, my God, I have not even, like, seen the second evolution of my Pokemon. I, like come come January, I may be like just drowning yeah. in FOMO of games. And not to mention, I still haven't played a Plague Tale. And not to mention, One Piece Odyssey is coming out in January. And I'm like, I can only have one RPG, and I kind of want to play One Piece, but I also kind of want to play this. But I, it's been I've never played a One Piece video game, so I I don't know. Um, there, there's there's a lot going on. But I will say this: I played Three Houses out of weird video game obligation because. Twitter and all everyone's like mm, three houses good yuck and I was like I hated my time with that and so now I'm like okay this is the fire emblem game I think people thought three houses was because whatever game people were talking about and was loving I didn't play it so I mean I played it but I didn't experience whatever they experienced <laughs> this seems like the title that needs to be played and I'm looking forward to it I was kind of like, yeah, like I was already kind of like, yeah, I'll play it. But now I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, this will be definite. Like, I'm going to buy this. I'm going to play through this. You know, it is the game that it is the way the series I thought was going to go after Awakening. Because Awakening was, you know, knocked it out of the park in my book in terms of, you know, what Fire Emblem, what I know Fire Emblem to be as an RPG. Where you at on this one, Chris? This game, th- this trailer sold me on that. The fact that I will not be playing this game. <laughs> okay. I can't. Why? I can't do the voice acting. Like, I I love anime, but like I watch most of it uh, subbed, and I have found that, uh, like any any dubbing, like I understand it's like part of the trope that it's like a little cringe. Um, I can't get past it, and except for Dragon Ball. I love I love Dragon Ball's voice acting in English. Um, Just put the Japanese audio on. Yeah, but then I got to read like that much. <laughs> and these games are not short. And I read all day at work. And Persona 5 taught me that I don't want to do that. Like, I just I don't I don't like doing that. So I probably won't be playing this game. 
I think this game's looking great. I think that we've talked about it before, and my opinion on this is reinforced every time we see it, that Three Houses was too visually ambitious. They scaled this one back, made an art style that fits better on Switch and runs better, and I think that it looks a lot better because of it. I think this game looks very nice. I like the character models. They have very like thick black outlines that mm-hmm. I think look... Like, the hand-drawn style looks really good. I think the environments look, yeah, blocky, but they look good for what they are. Like, it's not like they're shooting above their means like they did with the last one. I love it visually. I'm just not into the story, but that's okay. I want the tactical gameplay. That's what I'm looking for. I think visually, it's it's a beautiful-looking game for uh, Switch, for sure. Um, It'll be a a good, like, one of the last, hopefully, one of the last, you know, releases we get on this hardware, this SKU. Yeah. Hopefully, Chris says Hopefully. He's, he's open. <laughs> All right. I, I need to say this. I, I need to be honest because as Chris is saying, it jolts to the memory. I'm not going to lie. There, a part of this, if Advance Wars comes out before this game comes out or we get a, a like a release date, I will not be buying this game because this is going to also be scratching my Advance Wars. Like, y'all don't understand how ready I was to play Advance Wars. Like, there was a part in my gaming soul that was like, I am ready for this. I'm ready it's to just be the next two torn months. apart just by the difficulty of this game and loving it. June. Yeah. Uh, huh? June? Okay, I think June okay. is when we see Advance uh, Wars. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So I, I think this Fire Emblem game is also going to fill that hole that has has been has remained in my heart because I, I was ready for that tactical RPG action. And I'm upset. That so that's Engage. Have. Two months away. Yeah, looks good. Yeah, it's just like, honestly, two of my least favorite tropes are, oh, look, it's the thing from the other games you that we're showing to you again and not really a new one, which they're kind of doing with the rings here, and Amnesia. So it's turning me off with the story. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, hopefully a slightly more back to basics Fire Emblem last two have been That's really like saying you play a Final Fantasy game for the story. And before you think I'm crazy, people, honestly, do you though? Do you? Do you? Because if you do, I feel sorry for you. I love Final <laughs> Fantasy VII. Remake I love story. Odell. All my <laughs> Were you there yeah, playing it for the story, though? The game. Were you, though? There's a part of Final Fantasy VII Remake where I'm just like, bro, what the hell am I doing? But I enjoy the battle system, and it's great. Squat. <laughs> all right, two more pieces of news. I, I tease the most underrated Nintendo game of all time, if you're Man, you know what that is. It's Kid, Kid Icarus Uprising. Masahiro Sakurai, in his latest YouTube video, uh, said he was very sly, and he just said, it sure would be nice to play Kid Icarus Uprising on a home console. I wonder if someone out there will ever port it. Uh, he was doing kind of a, a video on difficulty, and he talked about Kid Icarus's adjustable difficulty settings, which then Smash 3DS and Wii U had pretty much the same exact mechanic as Uprising, and then he kind of closed out the segment with this little nugget, and I'm all for it. This is one of the greatest games Nintendo's ever published. It just seriously is. <laughs> I will stand by that forever. It'll come out. I'll play it in HD. I'll love it. This, to me, if it has a better control scheme, will be a legit 10 out of 10. That's how good I think this game is. It won't. It'll have gyro controls. Oh, gyro controls are great. Don't you play with them in Splatoon? No. I don't. Yeah, that's you know you know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All I'm saying, Logan, said, is whoever gets more kills in this match 
uh, the the other has to switch to their control method. Yeah, and then you got more kills, and I was like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I, don't I, bet, I bet you don't remember the number. Oh, it, no, it was like 15, and I got... You got 15, 18. and I got 5. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I would love Kid Icarus with... Oh, I want that even more. Kid Icarus is better than any Star Fox game, and it's not even remotely close. So, Chris, you'd love it. You'd love those those day levels, those air levels, if this thing came out on Switch. Sure. Chris isn't feeling it today. He's not feeling it. I've honestly, I've had a migraine since like three o'clock and I'm, I've been trying to push it into my feet. He's a trooper. Yeah. He's a trooper still showing up to the show. Logan, all I'm saying is every time I like mic drop Yoshi's Island, you're all, you, you want like a dissertation on why I feel that way. But yeah, you mic drop kid Icarus with such gusto. I'm like, and you're like, everyone else is wrong. (laughs) Shut up. Not ever. there's other defenders of this game out there. I'm not the only one that likes it. Yeah, you are. I you're I you're the it. only one here. Uh, yeah, it's story is bonkers and actually really, really good and has some of the craziest twists in any Nintendo game that I still remember. Like its story is better than pretty much any other Nintendo game. It's way more fleshed out. You know what, Logan? The- Just for you. Instead of playing Pokemon. I will play Kid Icarus Uprising over the next oh, four yeah. days. I'll do it. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll find the charger. I'll do it. The air levels are straight up amazing. Yeah, the land controls are a little wonky, but I'm a pro at it, so I'm used to it at this point. I think the gameplay <laughs> is super satisfying. It has all the polish of any Sakurai game. Like The most polished games you can think of are pretty much Sakurai games. And this is a third-person action game with Sakurai polish. What a curved sales pitch we just got. What? Like, if I said that about Star Fox, you'd be like, are you kidding me? You're no, like, no. Yes, I, the land I, I controls admit. are terrible once you get used to them. He was like, no, the controls are walking, but I'm good at it, so it don't matter. No, that's why That's why it's not a 10 out of 10 yet. It's a 10 out of 10 to me. Sure. But not, not overall, but... No, the, the story is great. Air levels are great. The boss design is super, super cool. And the spectacle like is amazing that they cram this thing onto a 3DS. The soundtrack is outstanding. The variety of weapons, there's like 12 different weapon classes that all play entirely differently. It has a skill system that's unlike anything in any other video game ever that is super cool. It has the most fully fleshed out online multiplayer at the time of its release that Nintendo had ever produced with like 12 different maps and a really unique spin on team deathmatch that wouldn't be outdone until Splatoon did turf war like three years later, like just everything. It's just, it's jammed with content. Okay. So on that note, I have a question because I just went on how long to beat. Cause yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent in this game and oh. now I know I'm not. Main story, 11 and a half hours. Main and side missions, 28 and a half hours. Yep. Completionist. Just take guesses. What do you think it is? Like 70 hours. Odell? 100. Price is right rules. 97 and a half hours. God damn it. There's a gotcha system to unlock all the figurines and things. Oh, that explains it. Okay. Yeah. So it's not really like, that's not a part of the game. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's great. It is seriously like give it another shot. Buy it on the eShop on 3DS before it closes in like four months. I have it. it is, I have a physical copy. So I'm telling I'm talking to our listeners. Oh, well, yeah. Like go buy this game. Sure. Yeah. And then our last story before we're going to get out of here is Platinum Sadeki Kamiya 
Name dropped Bayonetta 4. So if you remember, a lot of fans were not happy with Bayonetta 3's ending. No spoilers here, but yeah, people did not like it. Uh, And then he went on Twitter to talk about Bayonetta 3's ending. And in a tweet translated by Euro said, I didn't think it was unexpected at all, but it seems that the ending of Bayo 3 wasn't conveyed correctly to everyone. So I think Bayo 4 will be an unexpected development. When Bayo 4 comes out, I'm sure there will be people who say, you added that as an afterthought, so I'll say it now. So we're already talking about Bayonetta 4, and Bayonetta 3 is less than a month old. And I'm just like, so are they working on it? Does Nintendo know they're working on it? Is this going to be a Nintendo game? Because Nintendo saved Bayonetta 2, exclusively funded Bayonetta 3, I don't know if I see them doing it again. I kind of feel like this was kind of it. I'm not sure. And then there's a ton of controversy surrounding this one. Some of it not warranted towards the game, as we later learned. But then people didn't like the ending. I don't know. I'm t- I, d- I don't know what to think. If like will Bayonetta four be a Nintendo exclusive is the question I'm throwing out right now. I doubt it. Yeah, I don't think it'll be an exclusive. I think if anything, this is him saying we're down to make it if uh someone wants to give us the funds for it yeah but like there we there's more in store for this franchise you know what i mean how about this if there's new legit new nintendo hardware then then there's there's a realm in this but if we're talking still on switch definitely not no yeah and it wouldn't be at this point i mean three took five years to make and barely runs on the platform so probably new hardware out by the time bayonetta three is you know, maybe maybe this is the universe getting me back for saying Bayonetta three Bayonetta three ran like crap, and I was like, "Oh, you think so, though? What's your favorite series comes out?" <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's that's our show. Real quick, circling back to Pokemon. I feel bad. I made a call for listeners to send in their thoughts and forgot to read them. So I'm going to tag out the show with some Ega Ed's emails or tweets. Not emails. I guess the name falls apart a little there, but that's okay. <laughs> So I asked you, what do you think of the open world? And Harry says, the graphics of the immediate terrain are literal untextured mounds and constant frame rate issues. However, once the gameplay gets going, it's a fun world to explore, albeit a bit ugly, buggy, ugly mess. I hate that I love it. That's a great way to sum up Pokemon Scarlet Violet. I hate that I love it. And then Harry says, the open world approach is also super intriguing to get lost into. And I barely scratched the story in lieu of exploration. Yeah. You're probably overleveling your Pokemon and then you're going to blast through the story, but you can't, you can't make it party, which was something I was thinking. Like just trade out for some appropriately leveled guys for wherever you're fighting. If you want that challenge to be there, Chris Shriver says it sucks. Responding to Toadstool Boardroom's tweet. Very nice. I chuckled when I saw that earlier. And then Timbo says, I haven't picked up the game yet. I'm waiting to see whether Christmas comes first or a patch. Uh, and, and Timbo is wondering about criticisms when it comes to their open world design. I feel like we tackled yeah. a little bit earlier. So we're good on that. And then I have one more, one more EGAD email from Eric, who says, yo, I, I really like Pokemon's open world. I've been having a lot of fun, and I like how the gyms, the star hideouts, and the titans are spaced out. Feels like I can explore in between and go from one to the other with relative ease but it doesn't feel like I'm being directed too much. I get very distracted catching Pokemon I see along the way. I'm the same way. I catch everything in every area, which I have not done before. That is a new thing for me in Mainland Pokemon. But we're going to talk a lot more about Pokemon 
on next week's show with Odell once the Poka master himself has had more time to sink into the game. But that's going to do it for episode 25 of the Toadstool Boardroom, another one in the books. Our first milestone-ish episode. 25 is not that many, but it's a good number. It's pretty solid. And thanks so much for listening. If this was your first or your 25th or somewhere in between, you can email the show, toadstoolboardroom.gmail.com. What do you think of Pokemon? Uh, or you can follow us on Twitter at ToadstoolBR. Chris Shriver will not be with us for the next couple weeks. But in the meantime, you can find him on Twitter at Shrives93. Odell will be here next week. You can find him at Odell Harmon Jr. You can find myself at Logan J. Plant. There are only three shows left for 2022. I can't believe it. Yeah, whenever we're doing uh, end of the year, game of the year, whatever we're doing, uh, I will, as long as my desk is still in, intact, uh, I will return for that, I'm sure. But uh, yep. for those that aren't aware, I am in the process of purchasing a new home and that home has a lot of wallpaper and a lot of work <laughs> that needs to be done to it. So uh, as soon as I get the keys, all free time will be devoted to that. So right now we're in the packing process. So we'll have two more shows of myself and Odell talking Pokemon, whatever else happens, uh, switch, switch golf in the next <laughs> couple of weeks. And then hopefully in three weeks time, Chris will be back and we will do the big end of the year show. Talk about the best Nintendo games of the year. What went right, what didn't. It should be a lot of fun. But for now, thanks so much for listening. Happy holidays. Happy Thanksgiving to those of us in the States that are celebrating this weekend. Thanks so much for tuning into the boardroom. We're thankful for you, the listeners who join us each and every week. Uh, Have a great week. We'll catch you next time right back here in the Toadstool Boardroom.